Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 141 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Good news. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about water, and we're going to talk about the Colorado River because it's in the news, and it's going to be there for a minute, and it's going to keep popping up. As we humans use more and more water for different things, whether it's crops for agriculture, whether it's for watering our lawns, filling our swimming pools, or washing our cars, we use a lot of water every day. Arizona, California, and Nevada have recently got together and said, we're not going to use as much. In fact, we're going to reduce our total consumption between the three of us by 13%. Hopefully, that 13% will mean that the river will now flow to the Sea of Cortez. Depending on the year and how much water we we receive into the Colorado River Basin depends on whether the river actually makes it to the Gulf of Mexico, the Sea of Cortez, or does it stop short. So this is a huge impact because there are a lot of different wildlife species as well as humans that are impacted because of the Colorado River. You've got two large reservoirs, Lake Mead, Lake Powell. They've been constantly in the news lately because they have reached the lowest level they've reached before which has now prompted the states to say, okay, we are pulling too much out. We need to do our part to help. The river itself is 1,450 miles long. It starts in Colorado in the Rocky Mountains, and then it passes through Wyoming, Utah, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, and California. It, if it's lucky, eventually reaches Mexico and into the Gulf of California or the Sea of Cortez. But that's not happening. And when it doesn't, because of limited water flow, that puts a lot of stress on the different fish, different birds, as well as mammals. And it creates a lot of problems. The Colorado River is home to a few endangered species of fish. The Colorado pike minnow, the razorback sucker, the humpback chub, and the bony tail. And these are all suffering from habitat degradation as well as water diversion. And then there's been a huge bunch of introduction of non-native species into the area that are also causing just complete mayhem. So why are we pulling so much water? Well, water allocation has been fought on the Colorado River since 1922 before that it was fought in it started in the 16th century and then we actually put things down on paper in 1922 and they came up with the colorado river compact and it was between arizona california colorado nevada 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 new mexico utah and wyoming and it was going to be how they allocated the water then they created the construction of dams to help meet the water needs of these growing states. As more and more people are added to these states, you can only hold so much water in your reservoirs. And so they were pulling more water out of the reservoirs, which means they had to hold more water, which means less water was going down to the river, which led to an increase in demand for water. And ultimately it created problems. And it's not creating problems just for wildlife, because it seems like to me wildlife are on the short end of the stick. So it started at first creating wildlife or problems for wildlife. Then it started creating ecosystem problems, because as we get reduced water 
and we bring in a bunch of invasive species, then it alters the ecosystem, which creates more challenges for wildlife, and then creates more problems for ecosystems. Then they started having drought, and it really started impacting the agricultural industry. That's when people really start to take notice. Hey, we're not growing as much. We need more water. And they go to pull more water, and they say, hey, there's no more water to pull. That's when people started to notice. Then it really became an issue when these big, large reservoirs like Pal Lake Mead started to dry up. Because once they dry up, where do you get your water for your people? So now all of these people have started to take notice, and they may actually want to do something. One of the reasons why I'm so interested in it is two reasons. Because you've got all the endangered fish that we talked about in all my fish courses at Utah State. But you also have the the mammals, the bighorn sheep, as those populations near Mexico are facing drought issues, they go into the Colorado River. And if that doesn't flow, then those populations suffer even more, which creates more problems and drama for wildlife managers. But the drama and the problems for the wildlife managers are small compared to the problems that would be faced by these species that are on the brink of not only being extirpated from their areas, but complete extinction. Then another one that's interesting is you got the invertebrates. There's a bunch of aquatic invertebrates that are having challenges because of the way the water is flowing down the Colorado. So they're used to it flowing for hundreds of years one way, and then we start to put in these dams and we start to divert water to different directions, and so you're reducing the overall flow that was going down the Colorado River. Another challenge that you're facing as well is the more water you divert, the less water coming down the river, the less it can dilute the pollutants. So you're seeing an increase in pollutants coming down the river just because the overall amount of water is less and it's not diluting. And so these invertebrates are having a hard time. And so if these invertebrates start to suffer, that means the fish are going to start to suffer. If the invertebrates suffer, that means your birds are going to suffer, the ones that require invertebrates. And then your overall riparian areas are suffering because you're pulling so much water out. So I'm excited to see that efforts are actually being made by states to reduce their overall consumption. I'm not going to say that like, this is an amazing step. I'll see it when I believe it, when they actually start to do it. Uh, The one thing I've noticed about governments is they sure like to talk a lot. And they like to talk 10 or 15 years down the road because a lot of these guys will be out of office or whatnot. And so they don't need to be held accountable 10 or 15 years down the road. Or they think we'll just forget about it. But you've got issues like the Great Salt Lake that's facing huge amount of degradation just because of the lack of water flow. Now, they set a limit for the amount of water that they could pull, and they still needed a certain amount. But once they reach that limit, then they continued to pull more and more and more. So the Great Salt Lake is continuing to go lower and lower and lower. You're also seeing that over in California, as well as Oregon, the Klamath Basin, and the overall water issue that they are facing there in which they have massive issues. And 
overall our just our water use is becoming more and more and there's less and less checks so to speak um i just heard a story that is taking place in arizona and a rancher his well went dry and when he went to look at his well he threw a rock in the bottom of it and there was no water and this takes place in arizona now it's dry down there anyways and farming and ranching are very difficult because it's dry but there is a company that is pulling millions of gallons of water each year and it's not required to pay attention to how much water it uses and all of the crops that it's growing go back to saudi arabia now we can debate on whether this is a good issue or not but the fact is that they have thousands of acres of just straight green land and they have these big oh almost like retention ponds where they're pulling their water from and they can pull as much water unchecked as possible it's a really interesting article it's called saudi company draws unlimited arizona groundwater to grow alfalfa amid drought so in these areas, they are largely unchecked and they could do about what they want, whether it's a company or just ignorant land use. More and more water is being taken and being used and shipped across the world, which is putting more and more pressure on wildlife. So next time you, next time you see, next time you go out on a river, think about all the different uses that we use in water and then think about what's left for wildlife and how they use it. We need to probably leave it cleaner than when it got to us so it can be beneficial to them. All right, you guys have a great day. Stay wild.